I'll sing it. Thanks for listening to the NPR Politics Podcast. During the thick of the holidays, when you're ready for a break or some alone time, there's a bunch more NPR podcasts you should check out. Comedy and pop culture, creative storytelling, and insights into economics and the hidden forces that shape us. Find all our NPR podcasts at npr.org slash podcasts and on the NPR One app. And enjoy the holidays. Hey, y'all. It's the NPR Politics Podcast. We are coming to you today with an outtake from last week's NPR interview with President Barack Obama. This is a five-minute clip that we're going to use to touch off a chat about Obama and his final year in office. First, some introductions. I'm Sam Sanders, campaign reporter. I'm Tamara Keith, White House correspondent. I'm Domenico Montanaro, political editor. So before we get to the clip, it requires some setup. Tam? Yes. So President Obama, for most of his presidency, was interviewed by people, and that continues. But in the last year or so, he's actually started interviewing other people, asking some questions, uh, including this interview he did with David Attenborough, who is a, a naturalist who narrates nature documentaries. Tell me how the Great Barrier Reef looked to you today compared to the first time uh, that you went there, and, and, and what's your, what story does that tell us about uh, how, how we're doing in, in conserving these incredible treasures? Well, of course, the whole population of, of Australia has increased a great deal. So, the And he also the did Coast this interview as part of the StoryCorps project. This is a, with a kid who was in uh, White House mentorship program. Huh. I was on the run. You I were on the run. How so? From the law. Yeah? What, what had you done? <laughs> I believe it was... What, what do you mean you, you believe? <laughs> it, it was, you know what it was. It was violation of uh, house arrest. So you had gotten in repeated trouble. And what happened? <laughs> I went to a Christian retreat. Did you say to yourself, man, I need to find something oh, my different favorite part is going to a Christian now. retreat? Oh, no, sir. I didn't want to go at all. My mom forced me. Oh, okay. To, so mama intervened. Said, Lord, yeah. <laughs> And he did an interview no, with novelist Marilyn Robinson. He's a big fan of her books. But you knew you wanted to read and write. You, that's you need, that's you, what you, I wanted to do. You were a do. person of letters. That was me. That was you. Were your parents uh, into books? Or did they just... Can I just say, President Obama sounds like a man who wishes that he was Terry Gross. (laughs) But is not Terry Gross. (laughs) So that's the backstory. Obama's been sitting down and doing these interviews. Some of them, like the Attenborough video, wound up being released by the White House. The one with Marilyn Robinson was released as a podcast by the New York Review of Books. But it is worth saying that presidents do this sort of kind of thing behind closed doors a lot, talk to folks that they're interested in. I mean, they can have anybody they want over to their house to have a conversation. That's why I'm saying, like, why didn't Obama, like, interview Beyonce? Well, he just because, because that's who you want to talk to. Sam? He likes her too. He's admitted this. Well, no, he, he wants her to raise this. money for him. And, yeah, that's yeah. What he, yeah. Also, he's hung out with Beyonce yeah. and Jay Z plenty in the Situation Room. Remember that yeah. photo? He can hang out with them and not put them in a podcast. Okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but but the fact is, like, you know, this is a president who likes to be an analyst. He sees himself as very cerebral and he is very reflective. And the president of the United States, the leader of the free world, has a huge bully pulpit. Yeah. And he can highlight any issue he wants and have access to. Any any person he wants, and that's part of what the strategy here is behind the scenes. Okay, so here's the exchange with Morning Edition host Steve Inskeep and the president. It was recorded recently at the White House. Uh, And in answering Steve's question about all those interviews, the president actually gets pretty reflective about the end of the year. So let's listen. We will talk about it on the other side. 
You've done something that I can't recall other presidents doing over the course of this year. Several times, publicly, you've questioned people, interviewed people. You put questions to a teenager on StoryCorps and NPR. You questioned a novelist. You interviewed a naturalist. Yeah. Why are you doing that? You know, one of the best things about this job is that you can talk to anybody. Uh, you know, it turns out you pick up the phone. If, you, if somebody's doing something interesting, uh, something that inspires you, you can usually uh, get them to take your phone call. And you know, sometimes I do it to learn myself uh, what is it that um, you know, makes them tick and uh, what can they teach me about the world. Sometimes I just want to shine a light on uh, somebody who I think is extraordinary. You know, it, it, when I talk to uh, that young, uh, young teenager, that high school kid. 18-year-old uh, African-American. Uh, you know, here's a guy who was on the streets and going down the wrong path and uh, you know, most likely would have ended up uh, in jail if you looked at the odds. Uh, and he was able through faith and some timely intervention to completely turn his life around and was on his way to college. And, uh, you know, at a time where popular culture often portrays young African-American men coming from low-income neighborhoods as a danger. Uh, I wanted people to hear what an extraordinary kid this was and how much he was like a lot of teenage boys who just may be growing up in more forgiving uh, environments. Um, the novelist Marilyn Robinson, you know, she's become a friend of mine. I just love her books. and uh, And I think she says something about uh, the essential decency and goodness of the American people. The, the, the folks she writes about are, you know, from the Midwest and, and small towns and are rooted in, uh, you know, flags and apple pie and Americana. And yet they've got these really complicated lives. And, and uh, what she says uh, about our democracy and what's best in us, I thought was important for people to hear. So, um, you know, the, the, part of what I, I hope people take from this year uh, and, and the remainder of my presidency is that we've got big challenges. You know, we've got divisions, we've got frustrations. Uh, there are real challenges and dangers like uh, ISIL. Um, there, there are big problems around uh, how we make sure that the economy is working for everybody and for middle class families. Uh, how do we educate our kids for the 21st century uh, when the kinds of skills are, that are going to be demanded are going to be so uh, much more sophisticated and, and uh, different from what a previous generation needed. So, you know, those are all r real challenges, real issues. But I hope people remember that this country uh, is just brimming with incredible possibility and opportunity and that actually we're surprisingly strong considering uh, you know, what we went through in 2007, 2008 with the worst financial crisis since the Great Depression. You, know, you got an unemployment rate that uh, has dropped down to 5%. You've got 
essentially five years of growth that's been un uninterrupted. Uh, you know, people have recovered the value of their homes and their 401ks. Uh, you know, you've got fewer kids dropping out of high school than ever before, more kids going to college than ever before. We continue to produce incredible businesses that uh, are transforming the planet um, internationally. Just this year, we've been able to help shape trade rules that are good for American workers, American businesses in the entire Asia Pacific region. Uh, we've been able to uh, forge a climate pact that can preserve the planet for future generations, normalized Cuba, made sure that Iran uh, didn't, doesn't have nuclear weapons uh, without uh, having to fire a shot, uh, and are every day making incre uh, incredible contributions to reduce poverty and violence and uh, abuse against women uh, and, and gays and lesbians around the world. There is just good stuff happening. And th that doesn't make us complacent about um, all the challenges that remain. Uh, but it's a useful reminder uh, as, as we wrap up uh, this year. I remember standing uh, outside uh, or, or looking at people standing outside uh, the White House the day that the ruling about uh, same-sex marriage came down. And, families and friends and partners, uh, people who had once felt that uh, their lives had to be cramped and undercover, and, and now they're hearing people say that, you know, they're f full American citizens like everybody else. That's a good, that's a good thing. That, 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 that's, uh, that's America. And, um, you know, I, I think it's important for us to make sure that uh, we are fully mindful of the incredible blessings that we received as we go into the holidays. Uh, all right. Again, that was President Obama with Steve Inskeep taped at the White House the week before Christmas. Um, I felt a lot of like 08 and even 04 Obama in there. This kind of like it's we and it's us and together as Americans, we will accomplish all these things like a lot of we, a lot of us. And I think that, like, hearing it now at this point in his term, it does not seem nearly as lofty as it did before. Yeah, except know? all the things that he listed there are lefty priorities. Yeah, you know? it's like he says that we accomplished these things together, but half of the country didn't like those accomplishments, right? Well, right? and some of those accomplishments are not really a done deal. Yeah. Because uh, the Iran nuclear deal, although it is a deal, uh, there's no telling whether it's going to be successful. And that his, whether that is a successful point in his legacy or not will take years to truly know. The, the Trans-Pacific Partnership, the trade deal with Asia that he mentions, Congress still has to sign off on it. That's a priority of his for the year ahead. But there's no guarantee. And and all of the Democratic candidates that hope to replace him say they don't support it. And frankly, that part of the conversation with him was really public relations. He wasn't asked to list off yeah. you know, his priorities for the year. He wasn't asked to talk about what a great job he's done. I mean, <laughs> yeah, he yeah, was a total he just, non sequitur. He just went into it anyway. Yeah. I mean, there was something else in this interview uh, that Stevens keep asked about, asked President Obama what question he would have for a future president as if he were submitting a question on Facebook for one of the debates or something. Which maybe you could. One of these debates, you could write in on Facebook that asked you a question. 
<laughs> what would you ask? So he ruminated on that for about a minute and a half. You know, uh, that's a great question, Steve, and uh, I might have to give it some thought. But and he finally did come up with this question, you. you know, where he asked, uh, why do you want this job, essentially? And kind of went into this idea of the fact that the fame, the title, that stuff wears and so off so I might just quickly. ask somebody, why do you want to do this? Uh, and I suppose they'd give a cliche answer because that's what candidates do. But I, I will tell you, as president... Uh, if you're interested just because you like the title or you like the trappings or you like the power or the fame or the celebrity, uh, that side of it wears off pretty quick. At least it has for me. Which I found to be a really interesting kind of self-reflective moment where he's trying to accomplish all of these things in the first part of what he talked about there, but the luster of the office and the complexity of Washington makes it very, very difficult with a year to go. For and him. I think it's also the luster of some of the rhetoric wore off. Yeah. I, I think at the peak of Obama in the 08 election, there was this belief, maybe even from him himself, especially his supporters, that he could transcend the current constraints of the modern presidency. And he I could get over the, the divisiveness. I think he that's could the get biggest over, yeah. and lesson it's like, of the Obama presidency is that there's a big, big, big difference between campaigning and governing. And when this president decided that he was going to change the ways of Washington, well, that is not, I Didn't think happen. that is the legacy here. Numbers matter. You know, raw politics and numbers and relationships matter. This president had it in his first two years. He lost it after that. And, you know, that is the biggest definer as to whether or not yeah. something gets done. I mean, you know, looking back on that list that he listed earlier of things that he's accomplished, you know, even as he goes into his last year with fair to middling ratings of um, like of his performance. Can he say that he got a lot done? Oh, or? absolutely. He, I mean, if you go over the broad list of things that happened during his presidency, he got the Affordable Care Act. Now it still has challenges and it still remains hugely controversial in America, but it happened and millions more people are, are insured than they were before he was president. Um, he did get this Iran deal. He normalized relations with Cuba. He did his executive action on immigration. Now, of course, that's in the courts. But he has... And there's if, been huge social change that he's been at the center change. of. Gay marriage. But how much of that mentions. is him? Or the court, well, right? you know... The well, I, I think he gets a lot of credit in 2012. President Obama embraced gay marriage in the midst of a re-election campaign. And when he announced that and the world didn't end and it didn't destroy his political chances, I think it made it safe for a lot of other people. He's clearly a very cautious person, is a cautious candidate. Um, but gay rights activists will tell you that because the president was able to talk so forcefully in the 2012 campaign, so much so on their side, because of the president's position and place and the bully pulpit, they welcome the fact that he may be late, but was uh, forceful in, in their cause. So looking at those accomplishments, the way that he's gotten those things done, uh, should we expect that same caution in his last year? What's on his list for the coming year and how should we expect him to go about accomplishing it? I, I recently asked one of his top aides about this. I asked what was on his bucket list. And in short, the answer is, yeah, 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 we know you're all going to call him a lame duck, but he doesn't intend on being lame. Which is exactly what they said last still year. still a duck. <laughs> well, and and in, this, in this interview, it was really striking to hear him try to channel that optimism and say that he's more optimistic now about a year ahead than he's been ever as ever. president. Which is 
exactly what he said a year ago. I don't know if that's exactly. But he he did. So this is end of your press conference. You bring that up. He did bring up some specific things that he wants to go after. Right. I mean, he talked about criminal justice reform, increasing wages, which is probably not something that gets done through Congress. Right. Right. Um, that would be through state and local governments trying to get them to, to do their own local minimum wage initiatives, because at this point, Congress is not going to move on that, certainly not in an election year and not in a Republican-controlled Congress. And gun reform, there's just not a whole lot an executive can do when it comes to gun reform without the help of Congress. What the White House is doing is uh, the Justice Department, as we speak, is putting together a list or it may be a very short list of things that they believe the president could do through executive action on gun control. The most likely avenue for that, though it's not 100 percent certain, would be a tightening of the so-called gun show and Internet sales loophole. Uh, And they would do that through regulation uh, rather than an executive order. Maybe this is not for this conversation, but, you know, when y'all talk about his last year, like, list of things to do. What version of Obama should we expect to see in the campaign? Mm, We can expect to see President Obama get increasingly involved in the campaign, especially once there's a Democratic nominee. His staff have told us that he plans to campaign and to highlight, as they see it, the differences, the choice, the choice between a Democrat and a Republican. It's also part of what he sees as a legacy enforcer. And the president, in his interview with Steve Inskeep, said, essentially, if they run on what I did, then we'll win. Right. But if they don't, the implication is that there could be potential problems. And we've seen this before with third term candidates, essentially, following someone like Bill Clinton, Al Gore. Because well, Gore ran to, away from he Clinton. tried to separate himself from Bill Clinton, as opposed to George H.W. Bush, who was the last one or the only one to win since 1952 to follow uh, two terms of one party, ran very much in, you know, in lockstep with what Ronald Reagan's accomplishments were. So there's going to be a little bit of that tension, especially when you look at polling and three quarters of people say they want something different, a different approach than President Obama's. Hillary Clinton, if she does emerge as the nominee, will try to find some separation. And certainly Bernie Sanders is a whole lot different and will run a a very different kind of campaign. I'll be interested to see how much Obama campaigning in 2016 is probably going to be entirely different than Obama campaigning in 08. Like the rhetoric of hope and change will be replaced by rhetoric about his accomplishments or or what? I I don't know. And he'll be eight years older. Well, it'll be his accomplishments. It'll be, uh, you know, something about a democratic vision for the future as compared to what the Republican vision for the future is, what democratic policies have been put in place that are seeds for, you know, hope and optimism for the future as compared to what he sees as something different and extreme from the Republican side, which is also something you're going to see from Bill Clinton starting next month. You'll have two of the most recent former Democratic, uh, you know, uh, presidents presidents on the campaign trail. Uh, So, you know, there's going to be a lot of change uh, starting next spring. Okay, that's all the time we have. We'll see you once more before the new year for our weekly roundup. Until then, I'm Sam Sanders, campaign reporter. I'm Tamara Keith, White House correspondent. And I'm Domenico Montanaro, political editor. You were very happy when you said that. Well, I tried to smile. I don't know what to tell you. Your your smile came through. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We'll see you next time on the NPR Politics Podcast. Thanks for listening to the show this year. We want to let you know that this holiday season, NPR podcasts have you covered, no matter what your mood. Political or science insights to share with your feisty aunt, done. Surprising stories and interviews to discuss and debate, 
Yes. Year-end lists of the best movies, music, and books, that too, along with stories you can escape with for some holiday alone time. Discover some new favorite podcasts now at npr.org slash podcasts or on the NPR One app. And enjoy the holidays.